Osei, we had the incredible source today to learn Yubamas Daf Yud Gimel, Daf 13. So just a quick chazara of some of the important points. So we began with a discussion about the concept of Tsaras Tsara, the co-wife of a co-wife, that ultimately, again, she too is exempt from Yibum. And again, that is learned out from the Pasak of Litzror. Anyone who is maritally connected to the Erva, albeit even indirectly, Halach Lamais is going to be exempt from Yibum. We then went on to explain an interesting Machlokes. The Gemara framed the fundamental Machlokes that when is the Yibum construct or the Yibum framework concretized? Is it concretized at the time of marriage or is it concretized at the t- time of death? The Nafkamina, the practical difference, of course, between these two is as follows. Let's say a man, right, you have brothers Reuven and Shimon, and again, Reuven is married to Shimon's daughter, Rachel, and another unrelated woman, Leah. And then let's say, for example, again, before Reuven's death, he divorces Rachel, so that at the time that he dies, the only widow that falls to Yibum is Leah, who's unrelated. So if you say that Halacha the Yibum construct, is concretized at the time of marriage, that means that Leah is called a Tsaras Erva. And therefore, even though at the time of her, at the death of her husband, Reuven, the Rachel is no longer in the picture, because the Yibum, the Yibum construct is solidified at the time of marriage, therefore she is considered to be a Tsaras Erva. Whereas if you hold that the Yibum construct is concretized at the time of death, so as long as Ruvain is not married to Rachel, who is the Erva wife, as long as he's not married to her at the time of his death, then Halacha Lamaisa Leah is free to do Yibum. And indeed, that is how we paskin that the Yibum framework is concretized at the time of death and not at the time of marriage. Therefore, the fact that Reuven was once upon a time married to Shimon's daughter makes no difference to us. What matters is, who are you married to at the time of death? And if he's not married to a woman who is an erva to any of his brothers, then ultimately, again, his remaining wives are free to do yibum. Incredible. We then went on to explain the case of Mion. And we discussed the idea, remember again, Mion refers to the concept, or I should say Mion is refusal. But that applies to a marriage where an older brother brother or a mother marries off a daughter, ultimately, again, this is rabbinic marriage. And because it's rabbinic marriage, it does not require a get to dissolve it. Rather, all the young woman has to do, all the katana has to do is to refuse her husband. The truth is, on a technical level, that refusal could even work by evil. So, for example, if Ruvain is married once again to Rachel and to Leah, and so remember again in the Gemara's case, Rachel is Shimon's daughter. So the Gemara suggests, and let's say assuming Rachel is a minor, she is a Gitano, and she got married to Reuven in a rabbinic marriage. Her brother or her mother married her off. So technically speaking, the Gemara says, let Rachel do Mion after the death of her husband, thereby retroactively annul the marriage and allow her co-wife Leah to go ahead and do Yibum. So on a technical level, this works. And this is very important to point out. Uh, this girl, Rachel, could do Miyun after the death of her husband, which is an incredible idea. She could do Miyun to the Yavam, and that fundamentally uproots the entire marriage. So that again, there was no marriage. And of course, if there's no marriage, there's no Yibum. However, again, in the Mishnah's case, because at the time of the death of the husband, now it looks like Rachel is just a regular wife, and therefore Leah is her co-wife. And remember again, Rachel is an erva, so one of the surviving brothers to Shimon. In that case, it's almost Altamaris Ayin. We tell Rachel to do, excuse me, we tell Leah to do Chalitza. 
in order to avoid any kind of confusion. Good. We then went on with the Mishnah, and the Mishnah discussed the way the Mishnah phrase was six cases that are more Hummer. We pointed out again that these six cases are not really more Hummer. These six cases are just fundamentally different. Because whereas in the first 15 cases in the Mishnah, the Chamesh Esrei Noshim, all of these cases were women who were an erva to one of the brothers, but technically speaking permitted to other brothers. These six women are all paternally related. Because they are paternally related, therefore, again, none of the brothers are permitted to go ahead and marry them. And because of that, again, there is no, there's no discussion of Yibam. It's not Shaykh to Yibam at all, because they are all paternally related. The Mishnah then went on to highlight a dramatic machlokis to Bishamah and Bishilal that we do not know about until now. Bishamah hold that Saras Erva is allowed to do Yibam which is pretty incredible. And we say allowed to do Yibam means she has an obligation. There is an obligation towards her of Yibam or Chalitza. And of course, Beis Hillel, whose opinion is reflected in the first Mishnah, explains that no, the co-wife of an erva is not, co-wife of an erva essentially has the status of an erva and is not subject to Yibam and Chalitza at all. A really dramatic, dramatic machlokas. The Mishnah ended off by saying that Halacha Lamaisa even though Bishama and Bishilal disagreed about this fundamental halacha, nevertheless, that th- this disagreement did not stop them from marrying into each other's families. Similarly, although Bishama and Bishilal ultimately again had differences of opinion with Tum and Tara, that did not prevent them from borrowing utensils one from the other. We saw the very important Rashi, which actually is going to be in tomorrow's daf. Rashi explains, let's not get too carried away over here. Remember again, we're going to see that according to Bishilal, some of these marriages that Beishama is actually permitted, permitting, excuse me, Arisuri do Araisa, and would, and, excuse me, and would yield Mamzerim, and ultimately again would create a Mamzerus issue. So when we say that they would intermarry, Rashi points out, is that Beis Hillel would avoid these types of families. In other words, in general, Beis Hillel would marry into Beis Shammai, Beis Shammai marry into Beis Hillel. But in these type of situations, namely, in a situation of a Tsaras Erva, where Beis Shammai allows for Yibum, and Beis Hillel says it's unequivocally Aser, Beis Hillel would, agree, would, would, would avoid those type of families. We pointed out just kind of Al-Darach you learned something amazing over here, which is, Shalom is so incredibly important. And in fact, that's what the, we're going to see. The Gemara is going to quote that Pasuk, shalom, shalom is so important, but Shalom doesn't require me to give up my values. In other words, my values have to remain, have to remain in, in, intact. And we spoke about the distinction between, between respect versus acceptance. I have to respect everyone's opinion, but I definitely do not have to go ahead and accept it as my own. So we went on. The Gemara then explained the fundamental machlokus between Beishama and Beisil. We didn't get too far down with days today, but remember again, essentially what it comes down to is the dash in the Pasuk, Lo Sia Isha Mesa Chutza Leish Zar. So the, the Beishama understands that Chutza is actually a reference to Isha, that there are two women, there are two wives here. One is Chutzah, an outer one, and one is an inner one. The inner one, according to Beishamai, ultimately is a reference to the wife who is the erva. The outer one is the tsaras erva, the co-wife of the erva. And the way Beishamai reads the Pasuk is that even, quote-unquote, the outer wife, the tsaras erva, is still going to be required to go ahead and do yibum. Of course, again, Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel has a fundamentally different interpretation, ultimately, again, of that Pasuk. Beis Hillel understands it to teach us the concept that when a woman is obligated in Yibum, 
if someone else tries to affect Kiddushin with her, the Kiddushin does not work. Fascinating idea. Kiddushin will not be chal. Kiddushin will not work in a woman who is subject to the obligation of Yibam with one of the surviving brothers. So let's say that's pretty much where we stopped. We'll pick up with this Machlokis a little bit more tomorrow. Really fascinating and riveting Gemara tomorrow. Shkayach, everyone. Enjoy the day.